Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Secrets have a way of taking on a life of their own, and they tend to reveal themselves at the most inconvenient of times, and that's exactly what happened to today's guest. We're joined by Dionne Martin. Her family had a secret, and she was at the center of it. Today on Connections, Dionne will share exactly what that secret was and how she managed to get to the place she is in life today. She says faith played a huge role in her life. We're going to hear all about that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Dion Martin. She lives in Dallas with her two daughters. She is currently a senior communications director at Brinker International. She also just released her first book called The Wool Over Their Eyes. And we're going to get around to that a little bit later in the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what life was like growing up. Sure. So I am from New Orleans, born and raised. Um, I grew up in a very conservative, very Christian home. Um, We had a fairly large family. I have an older sister uh, and then I have a younger sister and two younger brothers. Um, I was actually raised by my mother, who is African-American. Uh, and my stepfather, who is also Black, um, but my biological father, um, I found out some years later, I was probably five years old, um, that he was white. Uh, And so that was uh, quite a conversation uh, that I had with my mother at the age of five when I realized I didn't look like anyone else in my family. What was that like for you to find that out? I think it was surprising. Um, I think there was a certain level of discomfort. Um, There was also a feeling of not being fully accepted, really by my stepfather, but just this feeling of being different. Um, And and what did that really mean? And and I always have identified as Black. Um, But within my family, it it definitely felt like I was just different, or almost like other. Um, And I think at times it was tough because my stepfather and I We just didn't have the relationship that we should have had in terms of a father-daughter dynamic. What's that like as a young child? And maybe you see, uh, you mentioned you had step-siblings or you didn't look like the rest of your family. So they have a relationship, you don't. What's that like for a little girl? I think that it could have been harder than it turned out to be. I mean, I will say that my mom just sort of doubled down and was essentially serving as a mother and a father to me because she knew, you know, what the relationship was like and that it wouldn't ever be like the relationship that he had with his own biological kids. And so she really took extra care and extra, you know, precautions to make sure that I had everything I needed. You know, for example, she even got, she was a stay-at-home mom, but when I was in high school, she actually got a part-time job to help pay for, you know, all of the additional expenses that high school students and, you know, incur, like I was a cheerleader and there was prom and there were dances. And then I ended up, of course, with a job at age 16. Um, But she really enforced in me and even in my older sister and my younger sister, this idea of being independent because she knew that she was fully dependent on my stepdad. And so for her, it was very much about raising us to be able to take care of ourselves, not be dependent on someone else. And she always, I think, just instilled strength in us 
um, we were in church all the time. And so we definitely leaned on, you know, the church family, the Bible and prayer um, to strengthen us. Now, obviously what your mom had taught you, it shows that it, it worked. You are a successful young lady nowadays. Um, how about your faith? Tell us, you shared a little bit about how you relied on your faith. How was your faith through all of this and everything you experienced as a child? I think that is what kept me strong. I, I, I read a lot as a child. Um, I, I'd actually read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. And I was in a program. We went early on in my life. We attended a Pentecostal church. And then we eventually moved um, to more of a Baptist um, faith. But I was in a program called Missionettes. And it was all about getting little girls, you know, familiar with the Bible, um, having daily devotion and prayer, and just turning to and leaning on God for, for everything you needed. Um, so it's very much about prayer and finding strength in God. What was it like after you found out uh, about your father and you being biracial, what was that like to grow up um, as a biracial child? I think for me, it was almost like I just sort of pushed to the side and tried not to think about it because my mom and my stepdad didn't want me to have a relationship with him. And where it gets complicated, and the reason partly why they felt this way is because he was married and had a family of his own. And so my mother will, will tell you, even if you asked her, she was living in sin when I was conceived. And so she found God and got saved and became a Christian when I was almost two years old. And that was also when she met my stepdad. And so they both became Christians and felt that it was best that they raised me and that my biological dad not have anything, you know, to do with me or be a part of my life at all. Um, plus he had this other family. And so to this day, his family doesn't even know that I exist. So it's, it's a pretty complicated story, but that's well, kind of what ended up being for me. And sp- speaking of a complicated story, you have your first <laughs> novel out called the wool over their eyes. Now, interesting. It says the wool over their eyes is a story about a biracial woman who's been the family secret that was meant to go to her father's grave. Uh, that's sounding kind of familiar right now. Tell us <laughs> how the book came to be and why you decided to put your story out as a novel. So the book came to be for a couple of reasons. One, I've always wanted to write at least one novel. It had, it's always been a dream of mine. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I read a lot as a child and I think that's, where my love of literature and just my ability to have strong writing skills came from, just from reading all the time. And so when I went off to to college, I got my bachelor's in English, and then I went on to get a master's in journalism. Writing has just always been a passion of mine. And as I got older in life, I started realizing, you know, I've been talking about this novel that I've always wanted to write, but just didn't have the discipline to do it. I work full time. I have two daughters. I'm actually divorced. Um, But finding time to, you know, attend virtual service on Sundays now and to work out and do all of the, you know, all of the things that life requires, it had been difficult to fit it in. But as I got older, I was also thinking that I don't want to, you know, look back and have regrets. And so I became really serious about it when I turned 40. So I was like, okay, I've got to do this. This is, it's kind of like now or never, you know. So 
I just, I got a writing schedule together, became really disciplined. And I always thought that I had this interesting story to tell. Um, I based it very loosely on my real life, but I wanted to have more creative, you know, leeway to let my imagination run wild. Hmm. And so it's very loosely based on my real life. Um, my, as I mentioned, my, my real dad uh, was Italian. I actually had an opportunity to meet him when I was in college. I met him one time and then I found out a couple of months later that he had brain cancer and he died. Wow. And so in the book, I make the character a lot braver than I was in real life. My mother had always cautioned me not to try to contact him, not to, you know, disrupt his family. Um, and so I was very much, you know, honor your mother and your father. And it was whatever they told me to do. That was essentially what I did. But in hindsight, I do wish that I had done some things differently. So when he passed away, I did not attend his funeral. And, and like I mentioned, his family still doesn't know that I exist. But in the novel, it's all very different. <laughs> it's almost the way I wish it would have been. Is it helpful to write it that way? Like kind of the, the way you wish you did things? Did that help you in healing or something like that? I think it helped a little bit. I do think that as I was writing it, because there are definitely passages where I'm writing more from a place of, of pain. I do think that, that it was difficult, but also a little bit cathartic. Um, it also opened, I think just some wounds or maybe even just mm -hmm. issues that I just didn't even know were there. And, and I also found as I was writing it, that I had some pent up anger, I think toward him for not maybe being more, diligent or trying to even have a relationship with me knowing he knew you know what I mean so it was um it was a mix of emotions as I was writing it now that the book is out what are you hoping that people are going to take away from this book I hope that they will be touched and inspired and I hope that I hope that they can see what faith can do for you and the power of forgiveness because that's really one of the recurring themes in the book. I mean, we have to be able to forgive each other as Christ has forgiven us. And I know people say this all the time. It's not just for you. It's for, you know, it's not just for them. It's for you. Um, and it, forgiveness was definitely something that I struggled with and, and had to pray a lot about it. It's not an easy thing to do when you're hurt. As you but worked through the writing process, um, did it help you as a mother now to young children? Some things you realize maybe you want to be as a parent and different things like that? Yeah, I think for me, it was, it's very much a couple of things with my daughters. I, I am also raising them to be independent and to pursue their dreams and whatever they're passionate about. It's not ever about just making money. You need to be happy and fulfilled in your career and you need to be able to take care of yourself. And when their dad and I got divorced, my youngest was only two and my oldest was 10 and no, I'm sorry, she was eight. And so it was very much about making sure they continue to have a close relationship with their dad. It didn't matter what happened between the mm -hmm. two of us. I was, I felt very strongly that they should have a close relationship with him. And thankfully he's a great dad. He's very involved in their lives and they have a strong relationship 
with him. I don't think that it's quite what it could have been. If, you know, obviously if we'd stayed together and been in the same household. Um, but I, I wanted to do everything I could to make sure they had a close and strong relationship with their father. That's kind of a good point too. Like life never goes quite as planned, right? So how do we adjust and <laughs> no. do our best to make the best of however it works out? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just reading here. It says, I wrote the wool over their eyes for fatherless girls, for women who have been betrayed, for those who have been rejected because of their race or otherness, and for families that have been torn apart by secrets, lies, and deception. And then you say healing is possible. And what always blows my mind is people like yourself who have these incredible stories, the faith, the, the joy that is still in your life after all of this. Yes, absolutely. I think that you have to be patient with yourself and you have to give yourself time to heal. Um, and as I said, my faith has definitely gotten me through a lot in life. I, I don't even, you know, going through a divorce. Um, one of the books that helped me a lot was um, Joyce Meyer's um, Battlefield of the Mind and just trying to get better control of your thoughts because what you think, you know, that's kind of where you end up going and how you feel. So you just have to be diligent. You have to be patient with yourself. Um, I think, you know, doing things for other people was also helpful for me. So I wasn't just sort of wallowing in my own <laughs> grief. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a lot and it, it takes time and you just have to be really patient with yourself. What's uh, the reaction been? Your book's been out for two months now, I believe it is. What, what have you been hearing from people? Yeah. It's been great so far. And, and I, I have to say that I was worried and concerned because it, it's such a, you feel really vulnerable. Uh, at least I did when you release sort of your first, your debut novel, and you don't know what people are going to say and, and knowing that parts of it are based on my actual life. Um, and you know that you'll be judged. And so you're sort of preparing mm. yourself for that. And I've told a couple of my friends and family that even the best novels that I've read, like most amazing books, there's always, there are always people who will say, oh, you know, there's always criticism still. And that's what's sort of baffling to me. And so I do feel like I have to be prepared if or when that comes. But so far, it's been extremely positive. Everyone has loved it. And, and all the re reviews have been great so far. What about your, fa your own family, your mom? What have they said? Well, so I'm waiting to hear from them. They know what it's about. <laughs> I told them, you know, they know, they know that I've been working on it for several years. Um, they're not avid readers. So I can't say like if or when they're actually going to finish it. But my mom says she started it. So we will see. Um, we will see. My siblings are not readers, though. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up not reading it. It'll be like me, start it, get a few pages in, and then it sits on your nightstand for a year, and then you get back to it. So slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to take my mom some time to finish it. So I'm so not what, rushing her. <laughs> what? So what's next then, Dion? Are you going to just like soak it in for a bit, or have you already got a plan for another novel or project? Yeah, no. So I already have a plan for another novel. Um, I had I worked with a developmental editor on my first novel and he was just so complimentary and so supportive um, and he's strongly encouraging me to to continue writing um, he believes I have a talent and a skill and that I need to use it and so I'm working on a second one right now I've got a rough outline and started a couple of chapters but I'm sure it's going to take a couple of years at least uh, before I can get a good draft to, to share with him now you're a great example of someone who had 
not the best of childhoods. You had a loving mother, um, but you have become a very successful young lady. Uh, what would you say to others out there who may be growing up in a situation like you did and are like, you know, I'm, I'm going nowhere in life. What would you say to them? I think I would say to them a couple of things. Um, I would lean on the Lord personally. Um, prayer has really gotten me through a lot in life. And I'm just a firm believer in my faith and the power of prayer. Like even when I'm facing obstacles at work and just, you know, currently in my life, it always settles me. And I always feel like it always works out for my own good and to my own benefit when I pray. And so that's been number one for me. I think number two is just getting a good support system and surrounding yourself with like-minded people who also share your faith and believe in you and can encourage you and and can be supportive. Um, I think a solid support system is critical and having close friends and family um, has been important for me. And I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There's so many things. I think just trying to take care of yourself physically and emotionally um, because that impacts every area of your life. Um, so for me, it's, it's my well-being physically and emotionally is, has always been important in keeping me grounded. And so I, I, would, I would strongly encourage people to really be attentive to yourself and take care of your physical and emotional well-being. If people who want to learn about you want to pick up your book, how can they go about doing that? Sure. So I, I have a website. It's Dion, D-I-O-N-E dash Martin.com. And so everything, um, there's a link to Amazon.com for more info about the book. And I have a really brief bio uh, as well as links to my other social channels on that site. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.